Guys, Minky Couture wants to help you out this holiday season with the perfect gift. Stop in a new location from Ogden to St. George today. Mention Zone 50 and save 50%. Guys, it's a no-brainer. Get in today, save 50%, and get the best gift ever from Minky Couture. Best accomplishment in Utah Athletic Department history. They got a lot of good accomplishments to choose from in the last 25 years or so. And there's probably other stuff we could go back to, but back in the day... NCAA and NIT titles. Had some guys win both those tournaments in their careers back in the 40s. But sticking with the last 25 years, the Mountain West stuff, one-off, the Rose Bowl. There's a level of status that goes with that that can't be beat. But how do you value beating out 11 other teams to get to the Rose Bowl versus beating out the whole country, minus Kentucky, to get to an NCAA basketball title game. Competitively, isn't it harder to beat all those schools? I mean, we, we treat the Sweet oh, 16 with the like a again. big accomplishment. I, I wish the big skies and the and the big wests of the world would go Division One AA. Then you wouldn't be able to say that. Okay, so the, you can just <laughs> go with 50 or 75 or 100 elite basketball programs, whatever number you want. And you had to beat them out so to be one of the so last two standing. The success determines, even though you only had to win four games, somehow you had to beat 350 teams. Which you only had to win four to get to the Final Four. Not and you had to win five to get to the title game. Right. But the Final Four was an awesome accomplishment. And they took it a step beyond that, so that's even better. For sure. Uh, there was no ramifications from it. It's not like a bunch of recruits flooded in. They gained nothing from it. Majerus downplayed it the second it happened. We're not any closer to L.A. He went on and on and on. I remember the quote. I do remember the quote about L.A. So the guy who did it didn't think it was going to have staying power. He didn't think he was going to do it again. You're he looking stood in line for... that night. He stood in line that night to get somewhere to eat in San Antonio and told somebody that was our shot. Yeah. You're looking for the opportunity to be consistent. That's The greatness is defined by consistency. Rodney Hood had a quarter of his life one year against the Lakers. Remember that? But consistency. I don't even know where Rodney Hood's playing these days. Go, go do it again and again. He's in Portland, isn't he? That's I, why the statues have statues. Because yeah. they went and did it again and again, year after year. And now you've got the chance here to cash in well beyond. Lincoln Riley's the greatest coach ever. There's no question about it. <laughs> That's your next thing. <laughs> You've already decided. <laughs> it's like I told you, that. spring game boy was the greatest quarterback ever. Uh, but even Lincoln, the greatest coach in any sport, is going to need some time. So you've got an opportunity here, and you're set up. Blake Anderson says he doesn't need time. Turn it around. Get the transfers. At his level, he did a phenomenal job. Good for him. It's a higher level. And you've got this opportunity here to cash in. And you've got so many built-in advantages that SC doesn't have. There's no pro teams to compete with. You're the big dog. Kids Not having the NFL in your backyard is a big deal. Kids want to go where it matters. Every game, they've had like the hammer 
Your guy, John Wilner, the hammer. The guy you look up to so much. <laughs> People don't know who the hammer is. And I, I just said John Wilner. John Wilner. <laughs> the hammer. <laughs> you assign all these things. You're beautiful creating these straw men. <laughs> it's classic. The herd you never did in a debate team. was your guy. You never did a debate team in high school or college. That to I didn't me need is, to. Is they phenomenal. came to me every day. I debated everything all day long. I didn't need anything official. I don't need a certificate to say I love her. I mean, come on. But you have one. Right, but I don't need one. <laughs> Isn't that the line? I think it's a bunch of crap, but that's what the line they use. Um, the hammer, your guy, John Wilner. <laughs> assigning, assigning. Leads. Well, you take everything he puts as gospel. I do not. I agree you do. <laughs> so he leans over in the press room to Mark Harlan and asks him, how many sellouts in a row have you had? I think Harlan arches back. I think his answer was 12 years in a row, 132 or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. That matters. That freaking matters. Utah has so many advantages over everybody in the South, literally everyone in the South. A lot of the North. Right. Watch a game out of Memorial Stadium at Cal. I would agree. Advantage. But we're just going on the South. Right, okay. and now they're in the Rose Bowl. They're the top dog. They can cash in on it in a manner that they can never cash in. Even Eric would agree with us. Eric, good morning. Um, I even remember watching the Sugar Bowl and just the amazement of what was happening in the Sugar Bowl. But there was no guarantee that after that, we were going to have the staying put power. Right. And I do think that right now, you look at this season, okay, were it not for the first three games that was, you know, that we had another quarterback in, uh, we would probably be having a different conversation and we probably would not be in the Rose Bowl. We'd be in a different bowl, right? Even maybe at, uh, if, we, if we had a two-loss Pac-12 championship team, we, we would potentially be in the playoff. But I, I think that with two deaths that happened in, in, within the course of a year, uh, with a quarterback turnaround, then going 8-1 and one in the conference and beating Oregon, not just, which is a top-tier program, not just once but twice. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I, I do think that this, um, I think that this trumps that, and especially if we beat Ohio State, that's, it would be an incredible um, place to hang our hat on. So, yeah, I think this is sustainable. I think this is not just a moment. I think that this is bringing a ton of continued energy. And uh, and I've always been a huge advocate for Kyle Whittingham. Um, and I think that, that, again, this is one of those reasons that, love him or hate him, the guy produces consistent results. Thank so. you, Eric. appreciate the call. It's obvious and a well-educated man. DJ, you line up on the wrong side of history so much. I really don't. But I mean, it's and you know, it's, I think sometimes on the reason, I feel bad for you. You really never. do. I do. No, you don't. I I can't win I think as had, consistently as I do <laughs> and not deny you of your dignity. This is. Did you steal this from Kornheiser? No. <laughs> or you just enjoy it so much. You do the same thing. They have that competition. I forget what they call the little game on PTI. I haven't and watched he, PTI in a good He long. always announces he's going to win it before he wins it, and then he always announces he won it afterwards. From New York. I know. <laughs> 
We're used to winning. <laughs> Go ahead. The floor what makes is yours. This, what makes this is what he said. The Who said, Eric? What Eric just said okay. about overcoming the two deaths in the program is, to me, what separates this and makes it so impressive. All these things are impressive. Winning, beating out teams that are better funded, are closer to major markets and huge recruiting centers. There was a guy who played for the uh, Chargers in the 90s, Rodney Culver, and he and his wife were on an airplane home to Florida, and the plane crashed, and everybody, including those two, died. And the Chargers who were supposed to be pretty good, had a terrible season. And afterwards, and it was a little while afterwards, and in this story, 90s, some stuff from the 90s has been saved on the internet, but a lot of it hasn't. I haven't been able to find this story. But a writer in San Diego did this comprehensive thing about um, players dying and what it has done to teams. And they, they talked to psychologists about people feeling indestructible and all the quotes you think they get. But the track record of the teams that had these sudden tragic deaths to young people in the prime of their life routinely wrecked their results on the field, on the court, whatever. And there were a couple of exceptions, but it was clear that usually it had a super negative effect on winning and losing, which obviously isn't the most important thing when you've had one of these tragedies in, inside your group, inside your circle. To have two of them and to come out of it and win, what was the quote about master class in, in uh, psychology? Was that Ben who tweeted it out, I think? Someone, Tim, oh. Tim mentioned it. Yeah, Tim Lincoln mentioned it when he was on. That, to me, is the thing that separates all these things that have been won that people have mentioned this morning are difficult to do. But you can't just look at the title. you got to dig down a couple layers. And overcoming these two total gut punches, whatever expression you want to use, huge accomplishment. Sure. I can't speak to it, though. We haven't been on a team where that happened, been in a locker room where we felt that, where it was our friend. But the, when I read that... My best friend in my Little League team died. Yeah. When I read when that... When we were 11 years yeah. old, I was a pole bearer. Yeah. When I read that 25 years ago, like the evidence that they and all the teams they quoted, and I wish I could find that story, maybe one day I will, it was, it was overwhelming. So I think going on this tear and winning 9 out of 10, really impressive. But I, I separate that because I have no knowledge of that. And I know people want to intertwine that, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I just can't. I don't know what it means. I'm so far out of my league on that that I just speak to the football. And winning 9 out of 10 is absolutely awesome. Uh, I, I To me, if you want to think that those two are pulling shots somewhere, that's your call. Go ahead. I don't know if it's true. I don't know that it's not true. I'm an agnostic on it. I look at the quarterback change as the reason. If you think there's some spiritual aspect of it, great. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't know if there is, but I do know they got the right quarterback. And I said it well before they made the the quarterback switch that spring game boy wasn't it. And I don't care how, what he did at Baylor. He wasn't it. The other guy was it. That's what I look at. But if you want to connect spiritual dots, go ahead. I don't argue with you. Uh, well, I'm with you on that. But I still think that you can look and say that was a tremendous coaching job. Of course Not just it was. by Kyle, 
but by the whole staff, all the people who've got to interact with these players. And Kyle went into in one of his post game interviews, you know, how many people it takes to make a successful college football program. And so it, it even goes beyond the coaches. Um, but huge accomplishment turning that around and winning. And, and they're all huge accomplishments. I mean, what Majerus did coming out of the whack, you know, just doesn't get done. And he did it. He got him to a title game. Yeah, and it was it was massive, massive it was, accomplishment. It was phenomenal. I just think this is bigger. Now go put the you're a big TV ratings guy. What's the Rose Bowl ratings versus the uh, final game in college basketball? Uh, there's going to be. I have to dig that up. I don't know, yeah. but there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the University of Utah. Yeah, a lot of eyeballs. Right. And I think they have the opportunity to cash on this, cash in on this, and a level that they've never done in any sport ever. And if they cashed in on the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl and Fiesta Bowl, only can imagine what they would do on the Rose Bowl. That that strengthens my argument. That doesn't reduce it. Don't read me some TV ratings, please. Too late. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. I can tell you this: compared nerd, to the Pac-12 don't. title game, seven times the viewers. When you talk about a massive impact. <laughs> That's the most watched game they played of the year, and now it's going to be six or seven times that. It's going to be huge. Huge impact. Right. Five o'clock Eastern time, the sun is going to be shining on the sand games. <laughs> there are going to be people on the East Coast who just tune in, like, game, whatever. Like, take another shot of those trees peeking over the edge of the, uh, the, edge of the uh, Rose Bowl. I did it at 10 years of age. Can remember Magical. Thinking. Thinking that is heaven, the the scenery, the setting, and it is. And all you Ute fans who've been down there when they've played the uh, well, they played the Bruins, not the Trojans, because they played them in the Coliseum. But when they have regular season games, there's no comparison, none, zero. It's not. It's not even close to the same. You're gonna have chills. I have come up to that stadium. I have been to a game at the Rose Bowl when there were 45,000 people there. It's a totally different experience, New Year's Day. I've also been there for a sellout USC-UCLA game. That alone is different. But putting it on New Year's Day and hyping it up for a month, totally different. And I've been there multiple times. And, And as a fan and as a dispassionate fan, and it is just, it's hallowed ground for me. And it will be for you too, all of you tens of thousands, they're going to have 50,000, 60,000 red, Utah red, crimson red there. And it is going to be, supersedes anything they've ever done. Football's bigger than basketball, much bigger. Multiple outlets doing stories yesterday on the uh, Utah ticket distribution and how fast that is going. And people who aren't, because uh, they've got different tiers and different levels, and they go through the levels as they sell the tickets, and people who are way down the list, or maybe not even on it, buying tickets through Ohio State. Ohio State's open them up to the public. Mm-hmm. So the Utes are going to be way past their ticket I'm allocation. buying two. Going to sit in the stands. No. For your wife and somebody. Yeah. Okay. You'll be in the press box. Well, yeah, She'll yeah. I'm not stands. buying. They, the two women won't be together. I'll have one on this side of the stadium, one on that side of the stadium. What are you, a pro athlete? 
<laughs> bunch of people in Major League Baseball, NFL, and NBA teams going, oh, yeah, so, oh, hmm, okay. I'm taking care of both of them. <laughs> Just kidding. They will, I assume they will be together when I purchase them next week. But I've got two. side by side, not one row right above the other. I assume <laughs> I'll su- I haven't bought them yet. I was told I could buy them, and uh, I'll do it next week or maybe this week, whenever. And uh, for sure, yeah. Well, if you get a couple extra, get them for Nick Ford because it sounds like he's going to be short on tickets. Six. He hopes. They get six? Is that what they get? He was hoping that. That's what he told us oh. yesterday. He was hoping that they would get six. Well, yeah, then they'd have to... But he could to. he could blow through 20 or 30 in a heartbeat. It's the Rose Bowl, and he went to high school well, down there. I don't even know what number. If he could have any number, he might pick 80 or 100. But. I've also had other people reach out to me. Can I get them tickets? I think I, can, I have the ability to purchase two, and I'm going to. Uh, because it's going to be fun. And I, and I feel I feel a representative of Utah. And my Utah pride surfaces in this situation. That guy from Dayton, Ohio. Irritates it, you. Yeah. yeah. You just, it's about competition. And it's about when you've earned the right to get something, whatever that right is. You know, Quinn Snyder earned the right to be the jazz coach. He coached in Siberia. He coached (laughs) in the CBA, G League, D League, whatever it's called. Yeah. You know, he paid the price to be where he is. And I'm big on that because I paid the price. I didn't have a dad. I didn't have anybody. I paid the price. Well, you had a dad. You just didn't have a dad who could set you up in the profession and skip 10 steps he could have set me up in the janitorial business quickly and skip 10 steps but i didn't want it <laughs> well then you gotta he go, didn't want it for me <laughs> then you gotta go grind off to casa yeah. grind with you <laughs> so if you pay the price and you earn it i'm all for it and the utes have earned the right to run out of that tunnel at two o'clock new year's day a little before on california time and I don't care what your name is. You've earned the right. And that really, really bugs me when you want to be a snob about it because you grew up in Ohio and somehow, and you're an Ohio State fan, and that somehow you're better. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm an Alabama fan. Move over. I'm an Alabama fan, man. (laughs) I've been to their stadium. I'm an Alabama. I mean, just cherry pick the best. Give me a break. That's a bunch of crap. And plus, there's a lot of Utah fans who've earned the right to be Utah fans, too. Because they were there in the 70s and 80s. The 90s weren't as bad, obviously. But before we the, got here, they the, sucked, is what we're told. The old stadium. Yeah. The woods splitting. Yeah. Don't, don't drop anything. It's a long way down. That bench is split. And all those people, they ought to put them in the front row. A 50-yard line, 10 rows up. All those great Utah fans who have been there for years and years. And now, yeah, you're living the high life, so celebrate wildly. And if you have the finances to get down there, 
that would just be absolutely awesome. And I know there's going to be plenty of you because I saw you in the festival, and this is the same thing. If you had 50 in the festival, I see no reason why you don't have more than 50 in the Rose Bowl. I love the festival. It's my game. I've been there as a fan. I've covered many of them over the years when I lived down there. But the Rose Bowl's better. The festival's fine. Great place to go, obviously. Uh, so I'm expecting tens of thousands. Whatever they had in Tempe, and I saw for myself, they'll have more here. And they've earned the right. That's what chaps me about this guy putting that stuff out there. You're just disrespecting a football program that is in the building at 5.30 in the morning and doing all the things that they need to do, and you're disrespecting them because they're Utah? That, that seriously gets under my skin. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, next. Stay with us. It's official. The Utes are the 2021 Pac-12 champs and are heading to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. What better way for the Utes to make their inaugural trip to the Rose Bowl than a battle against Ohio State? Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the Utes' historic trip to Pasadena. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes in the Rose Bowl is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Toss comes to the near side for Harris. He runs through a big hole, and he's gone to the 50. A burst to the 40. Alone to the 20. Damien Harris to the house. Touchdown, Patriots. Snap. Fakes a hand up. Fires a strike. Caught. Touchdown, Buffalo. Touchdown, Bills. It is Gabriel Davis. An absolute fastball from Josh Allen. And the Bills find the end zone. Cashing in on the takeaway. Jones, under center. Flanked by two teammates. He steps back. Two steps. Takes the knee at the 10. And the Patriots take a win back to New England. Nine AM Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 furnace tune-up. It's a $59 furnace tune-up special. You can also visit them online at Lee'sHeatAC.com. There's the Monday Night Football game. The Patriots win again 9-4. They are rolling. Best record in the AFC. They're multiple teams at 8-4, and four, and maybe that gap will be closed when they have their bye week and the other teams have a chance to catch up. But nonetheless, after a, a little bit of a slow start for the Patriots, seven straight wins. Well, I think this is who they are. Last year wasn't who they were. They had players opt out. They had salary cap issues. They had yeah. dead money. They had to take hits, and they cleared all that out. Had one bad year, hit reset, and they are back. And they've got an elite defense. And they got a functional quarterback who will get better. Those were the two best defenses in the AFC. And, of course, the weather helped with that. But I, I can't 14-10 give him the win. Game. I can't give him the win. Mac Jones does not deserve the win. Sorry, MJ. You're not 9-4. and four. I can't give you that win. I can't assign you that win. When you only throw three passes. Two of three for 19 yards. It's like last week you said Taysom Hill was 3-1. and one. No, I couldn't assign him to Denver one when they had to play a receiver at quarterback. That didn't count. You did nothing. Three and two now. It's three and one last year. Right. But going into the but going into that game, it was three and one as a starter. That's like a relief pitcher coming in, pitching one third of an inning, gets the win, and all three outs, oh no, only only one out came with 
Mike Trout making the greatest catch you've ever seen, leaping over the fence. I thought you were going to go with the catcher throwing a runner out of second base. <laughs> you come in, you throw a pitch out, guy guns him down, got the out, you're out of there. Now have the no, win. No, no, even worse is you got tagged, but the fielder makes some phenomenal play. Run up the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, Trout has made you know those game-saving home runs, and somehow you get the win. That's, that's a silly baseball rule. Kayvon Thibodeau saying what we all knew. He's going to the NFL. He's not going to play in the bowl game. No Alamo Bowl for him. Oregon and Oklahoma, or whoever's left at Oregon and Oklahoma after all the NFL-bound guys on those two teams opt out. Yeah. I've, two two schools undergoing coaching changes after having their coaches hired away. Kayvon going to go home to Southern California and train. Get yourself ready. Leave Eugene in the rearview mirror, man. There's no need to go back. And for, I don't even know that he needs to do a pro day. <laughs> right? What's the point? Right. Mario Cristobal, Oregon football coach, going to Miami, going to his alma mater. Going to get paid about $8 million. They're also buying out Manny Diaz for $8 million and buying out Cristobal for $9 million. And then who knows what they're spending Increasing the the pool for the assistant coaches, or increasing the recruiting budget, or any other upgrades to the program, but they're at least twenty five million in, and the numbers got to be north of that. So that's a lot of Cuban cigars, right that's, there. That's uh, well, apparently it's a lot of money out of the U Health. The Miami U Health has made four hundred million dollars in the last year. Pandemic is lucrative, Pand- and they're talking about building an on campus stadium too. When you've got almost half a billion dollars, the history the, the history of college teams playing in NFL stadiums is not is not glorious. There are a few exceptions, but largely it's a matter of convenience. But the stadiums are too big; they're not on campus, and you just don't get the atmosphere. Minnesota's program got better when they built the on campus stadium. They'd played in the Metrodome with the Vikings and the Twins for years. Pittsburgh did win the ACC, playing in the. Uh, in the Steelers Stadium. But Miami, if they can get on campus, I think that would be a good move. Now what happens in Oregon? Your phone was burning up, PK, until the point that you had been told enough. Yeah, I had multiple uh, folks that I was dealing with. uh, And I heard about 8 o'clock... Last night that Kalani has been contacted by Oregon, which was no surprise. I'm Tom Hummel's well aware of this. I got a piece coming out here. Should be up online shortly. Uh, I was told it's going to be an interesting week in the football program. Uh, everybody knows about it. Coaches know about it. The sport people know about it. So it's no surprise to them. They're well aware of what's going on. And then we'll see how the process plays out. BYU, as Tom said on BYU's uh, their in-house Sports Nation thing, what's that a TV show? Uh, that uh, they're they're working on it, and we'll see what their final offer is, and what Oregon's final offer is, and all the packages that that entails, and then if he's offered the job, he has a decision to make. I don't know that he'll be offered the job. 
you know, there's some line of thinking, oh, man, they really got to give it a big sizzle because Lincoln Riley was just the sexiest name, the stunner. I think that's a bunch of crap myself. Don't win the press conference. Get yeah. a coach who'll win, and away you go. Yeah. The press conference is great, but when you talk about lasting impact and stuff you can build off of, that is definitely built on sand. It can be. doesn't always guarantee either way. Uh, you know, what can you do? There's two, two things you need to do. You need to recruit well, and then you need to develop the talent that you have. Because there's plenty of four-star guys who go to whatever school, fill in the blank, and then you yeah. never hear from them no, again. No, or they end up transferring. Don't yeah. even stay there. Can't get on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm not really interested in that. Uh, that just means, okay, because once you get to training camp, uh, you know, who's the, the coaches are going to play their best players. I remember A-Rod's had a statement on quarterbacking a while back. I, I don't know what show he was on. may have been ours or somebody else. And he said, I'm paid by wins. And the only thing I'm going to do is play the best players. So whoever we feel, I feel, is the best quarterback, that's who's going to play. Because otherwise, I'm out of a job. So this is favorites. Get out of town. Now the parents of the backup think you're playing favorites. We understand, particularly that quarterback, when only one guy plays. So then they come up with uh, this or that. But all that's just a bunch of crap. So play the best players and develop. You've got It's up to you to develop them. I mean, Whittingham and his staff and Scally and those guys have done a phenomenal job of developing guys, uh, developing to the level of uh, NFL guys. I mean, they had two guys a couple years back who got drafted that just a year before, there's no way they would have been drafted. I'm not even sure they would have been picked up as free agents. And that's Cody Barton and, and Terrell Burgess. And both those guys stuck it out. Something to be said. They said... Uh, poster dudes for sticking it out and not running out, out the door if something doesn't go your way and making by big, the fourth game. Making big leaps <laughs> late in their career. Yeah. And both those dudes stuck it out, stuck it out, stuck it out, had great seasons, and then were draft picks and are still in the NFL, right? Rams and Seahawks? So the list of potential candidates, Kalani is on the list. Uh, there's multiple people writing multiple stories about this. You'll see Justin Wilcox mentioned. He's the Cal coach. He's a former Oregon defensive uh, he played back. There. He played yeah. there, yeah. Chip Kelly, the former Oregon head coach, now at UCLA. Red flag there because the second tour often doesn't go as well but as the first. But he was something like uh, oh, it was off 46 and 7. Yeah. Yep. Did a lot of winning. Interestingly, not a lot of his players, particularly on offense, have blown up in the NFL. No. Uh, Brian Harson, former Boise State coach, who is often thought to want the Oregon and Washington jobs, took the Auburn job. He's been there one year. So that'd be a little. That'd be a little awkward. Well, yeah, but it's been done. It has been done. How is it? How everything is awkward. <laughs> right. Chris Cristobal. Coaching his team to getting destroyed when you clearly had other interests. Yep. There is that's not there's awkward. nobody that thinks that these coaching hires are happening. Whether it's this one or Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU or Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC. No nobody thinks this stuff's happening in twenty four, forty eight hours. No, it's this ridiculous. Place, these and, massive moves. I know. And, and USC's firing a coach two games into the season so they can get a head start on a head coaching job, but they didn't talk to Lincoln Riley until the day after his last game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. then they talked to intermediaries. 
And he talks to the same intermediaries. Yeah. At minimum. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. they actually did speak. Take a phone call on a bye week. Well, he said he didn't. Uh, I sat there phone. in his press conference. I know he said he, I know what he said. Yeah. Uh, the only time it's not awkward is like the Notre Dame guy who gets promoted. You know, he's there. Then you're a coordinator. He's done nothing. Yeah. He didn't seek out any other things. Didn't know his head coach was leaving. <laughs> right, right. And he gets the job. And he's 35 years old. I hope Notre Dame just just Wins for 30 years and he has some... That'd be so sweet. Yeah. Here's a guy, a grinder. While, while Kelly goes down to uh, LSU and... I, I don't really care. Puts his seven I'm, and fives together. I'm not going to root against Brian Kelly. He doesn't... Move your needle. He really, yeah. So good, good for him, man. He took the job. Would I have done the same thing? Probably. I mean, I certainly can see why he would have done what he did. It's not, it's not an outrageous move. It's just, it's a blow to, to folks who think that we're not stepping stones. Oregon, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame turned into stepping stones in the last couple of weeks. Go figure. If it can happen and to them. Oregon twice now. Yes. Taggart was, and there's the one-year example. Taggart did one year and went to Florida State. And it didn't work. No, it did not. He gone. Uh, the Harson name at Oregon. Uh, he has not been forthcoming about his vaccination status. Oregon has a vaccine mandate. So if you're the Ducks and you put yourself in the situation Washington State ended up in. Go get Rolovich. <laughs> that's a that's a you problem if you don't get that straightened out in advance. And then a lot of the names on the list, you're just seeing it's the same guys who are at schools that are good but don't have the rep. The school doesn't have the rep. Matt Campbell at Iowa State, Dave Aranda at Baylor. I would disagree to a little bit with Baylor. Baylor has a bigger rep than Iowa State, but Baylor doesn't have the rep of Oregon or Notre Dame or Oklahoma. And their reps didn't protect them from getting their coach taken. So, I think Aranda's in a good setup. Why would you want to go? I and mean, it's not home. I mean, what can't you accomplish at uh, Baylor that you can get at Oregon? You just won the conference title. Yeah. And this was only your second year? Yep. First pandemic year did not go well. Second year went great. And he's got the LSU pedigree and was mentioned to that job. So why would he take an Oregon job if he could have wedged his way into that LSU situation maybe? Maybe not. Maybe he was always second on the list behind Kelly. And I don't think everybody chases the last dollar like Kyle didn't. Kyle's making over $5 million here. That's a ton of money, man. All right. I mean, let's call it like it is. I mean, I know housing prices are going through the roof over here, but still, he making five million, and that doesn't count all the other stuff and all the free stuff that you get. Five million and a car and a country club membership, multiple, yeah, and and all these bonuses you get. Yes, for going to these games. I mean, they're like bonuses are. Pretty much built-in money, and and they're yeah. of the level like one hundred fifty thousand for this or that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're real salaries for guys like you and me. That he's just getting in almost like are, throwaway bonus money. The number of times you've seen bonuses <laughs> between uh, twenty-five grand and two hundred grand as these teams and and they're they're guys who track this nationally and they're just putting that stuff out there on on Twitter and in their weekly columns. Coach is getting a sixth win, bonus. Coach is qualifying for a uh, 
Conference championship game, bonus. Beating a rival, bonus. Winning the conference title game, bonus. Hitting an eighth or tenth win, bonus. Yeah. If, they, if Oregon wants a hometown guy, Wilcox is your guy. His father played there. His father's in the NFL uh, Pro, Hall of, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, and his brother played there. He played there. So if you're looking for ties to the program, there you go. Yeah, those, those run deep. And obviously Oregon's a much better job than Cal. Clearly. Oregon has a tradition of hiring inside the program. Now, this won't be inside the program, but they like ties. Um, seen a lot of coaches promoted from within. The last coach who was hired outside, I guess, was... Was Taggart. Was Taggart, and before that was Brooks. And, and Brooks was night, back in 77. And, and that's before night. Yeah. But Bilotti was uh, promoted, and Chip Kelly was promoted, and Helford was promoted. And Cristobal was promoted. Yep. He was on Taggart's staff, wasn't he? Yes, he was. So how far will they go outside the family? Well, the offense coordinator, Moorhead, just left. So that takes one out. And their defense coordinator, he's only been there a year. I don't know who it is off the top of my head, but I know the defensive coordinator before that is now the Boise coach. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12. Andy, and actually, uh, Avalos has been mentioned in some of these stories. There's another guy who'd be on the list. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The question of the day, Utah Athletic Department, the greatest achievement. What is it? We'll get to your feedback next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This is unripe. You guys are doing a hell of a job. It is the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl from Pasadena, California. It's indescribable even now. And part of it for me, there was not a snowball's chance. Like a snowball's chance that Utah was going to go to the Rose Bowl. Or a bowl when I was at Utah. <laughs> a bowl, any bowl. I mean, any bowl. And and to see this happen and to watch it unfold in front of my eyes. And, and, and I mean not just that game, but to see the whole entire season. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Join Unrivaled Friday at the warehouse from noon to 3. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! What is the greatest accomplishment in Utah Athletic Department history? Robert says, in just football history, this could become number one if they beat Ohio State. I agree it's going to be epic. I truly wish I could go watch the game after the parade. But apparently he can't. Uh, if you can't, you can't. So, I mean, I don't discount that. Uh, finances are an issue for sure. So, uh, I get that. Uh, but, yeah. As I said earlier, Ohio State is Ohio State. That is true. They're on top of their game. And I realize they didn't get on top of their game this year, but 99% of the programs would take what Ohio State did did this year. They lost one time in a decade to Michigan. Good on Michigan. It's not like all of a sudden Harbaugh owns Ohio State. Same thing. BYU doesn't own Utah. A rivalry, winning 10 in a row in a rivalry, you know what it is at that point? It's not a rivalry. 
You own them. Georgia and Georgia Tech is no longer a rivalry. Georgia owns Georgia Tech. Yeah, come on. Georgia Tech, give me a break. Uh, so they got him. Michigan got him. But Ohio State still is the cream of the crop. I mean, this young fella here, this quarterback, he, what's his name? Shroud? Doesn't he just like, he, he looks like an animal? Does he, is he going to be a beast? Isn't he going to be next year great? Does he look like he's going to be really good in the NFL? Aren't the answers to all this yes, 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 and yes? It looks pretty good. The one thing I would say about the NFL is when you're in college and you're on a team that's loaded with talent and you have a huge talent advantage, it certainly makes the job easier. And in the NFL, a lot of that stuff evens out. There are advantages, but they tend to be really slight. And then you're a legend because you're Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers and you, Patrick Mahomes, and you take advantage of those slight advantages. And I get all that. But I'm saying right now. Right now, the arrow looks up with this guy. The ceiling looks like it's Mount Everest. It's 29,000 sure. feet. If, if this guy does go on to be all that and end up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you can't say, I was completely surprised he didn't look that good when he was... Well, I mean, watching him, and, and he's got three receivers who all look like they're going to play in the NFL. Oh, for sure. It looks like USC, what they had a few years ago when they were just running out one And, and every awesome running back at Ohio State is like a pathway to the NFL. Yeah. And look at this. They've had a four- and a five-star kid in the offseason quarterback transfer already. Because <laughs> they see the handwriting on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the but one, they also have a high st- – I mean, um, the quarterback at Corner Canyon flips his recruit there. And so they – if they lose a four or five star guy, they just pull in another. Oh four yeah, or five I got it. I got it. I got it. I mean, it just yeah, he hasn't used his eligibility yet. Doesn't he's got play a that much next in year, age, and right. then the kid goes to the NFL because he's a redshirt freshman, isn't he? He was on the team last year, so that if would be can, next year would be his third year. He'd be eligible. and that would be eligible for the draft, right? So I can see what the Brown kid's thinking, and then two. That's why I think this this transfer rule is really going to pay bigger dividends to the bigger schools because why not take a shot at the big time? Because if it doesn't work, you have a free transfer. And you don't have to play that game, do I redshirt, do I not redshirt, so I can have, maintain my redshirt in the next place. You don't have to worry about that anymore. And they give you four games to play to where it doesn't count. So... Why wouldn't you go if Ohio State's saying, we love you, we love you, love you? Try it. Because if you can make it there. You can make it anywhere. You're going you're gonna to at least get an NFL paycheck at some point. The days of uh, those guys at those schools where the running backs are the heroes and all that. Those those big time programs are now producing big time quarterbacks or at least NFL guys. And then it's up to you once you get there. We'll see what Justin Fields does with the Bears or whatever down the line. You know, it's way too early to judge right now. Uh, but those guys, those schools now produce NFL quarterbacks. I'm looking at you, Mac Jones, Alabama, and, and Bryce Young. Bryce Young looked better than Tagovailoa, Mac Jones. And Jalen Hurts last Saturday. I think I thought he looked better than all three of those guys, didn't he? How long is it going to be before we're just going to be able to look at like two or three college teams and think, oh, they have half the NFL quarterbacks? That'll be interesting because it is such a fickle position. I don't know that we will. 
because of those reasons you just prior stated. I mean, we're they talking about starters. We're not talking about NFL rosters. We're talking about starting quarterbacks yep. who've won games. You know, it, 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 when we were growing up in Oklahoma, Troy Aikman had to leave Oklahoma to go to the NFL because they ran a wishbone. And a lot of schools were right off the radar because of that. They had great quarterbacks, yeah. but they were great at running, running the wishbone. And it wasn't going to translate to Nebraska and Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, two off the top of my head. But the whole SEC was running it, too. And th- th- those days are long gone, except for the service academies. Yeah. Uh, you chased a trailer. Hey, did PK just ask DJ what Oregon have did that Baylor have not did? Essentially. I didn't mangle it. I wish I would have. <laughs> upon, upon further review, that would have been fun. Phenomenal quote. I love it. I knew what he meant. I just had to decipher, but once I deciphered, I knew what he meant. All right, DJ and PK, we're all done. Jake and Ben are coming up next. Stay with us.